Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Thanks to Bud Light. This is Broncos Country Tonight. Touchdown, Denver! Presented by Betfred. An official partner of the Denver Broncos. Sign up and see why everyone is betting with Fred, the bonus king. Let's go! On the official home of the Broncos. Go all day! All night! KOA. Welcome to it, Broncos Country tonight. Benjamin Albright, Nick Ferguson, live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Centennial, right over here across the street from uh, Park Meadows Mall. Merry football's Miss, Mr. Nick Ferguson. Merry football, Miss, to you, Mr. Benjamin Albright. We will get there. We'll get there. I sent the uh, I sent the tweet out early this morning. Uh, I was up. I was prepared. I, uh, it is only the holiest day of the year. Yes. 56690, you guys want to get involved in the conversation. That's the uh, KOA Common Spirit Health text line. We got uh, Vinny Bonsignori is going to come on uh, uh, top of the hour, talk about uh, Las Vegas Review Journal, going to talk about the Raiders, get us prepped for that. We got Lions and Chiefs going on. Yeah, I'm man. excited. I- I'm excited, and this is a great time of year, and uh, – if you play fantasy football, this is kind of what you live for. If you're just a regular football fan, this is exactly the time of year where you start talking to your wife or your significant other, and you make that deal with them, Ben, and say, listen, for about 21 weeks, I am going to be out of pocket. And what that means is that I am not going to be attentive to everything that's happening in our household there are going to be moments where you're going to talk to me while the game is on i'm going to nod my head and say yes but i didn't hear anything that you said Mm -hmm. so this is that time of year things will slip through the cracks i'm gonna need everybody to pick up some slack (laughs) just saying uh yeah five six six nine zero is the text line again you guys want to talk to us uh we want to hear what you have to say about this game this weekend are you nervous at all raiders broncos you're opening the season. It's a division opponent to open the season. Josh Jacobs, he is a handful. He's been uh, a, a just a force for the Raiders over the last couple of years. The Broncos have had no answer. In fact, I don't believe Josh Jacobs has been on, ever been on a team that has lost to the Denver Broncos. No, no, it's not. And when you ask the guys in the locker room, they know it's a tall task uh, for them. They know they looking looking back at previous games, Josh Jacobs has been able to do any and everything he wanted to do to the Broncos defense and with that in mind they know for them to get off to a great start and on the home turf and in the division that's the one guy that they're gonna have to stop now I know that uh, we all know that Josh Jacobs did not play in the preseason we don't know what his condition is and is going to be like but you have to figure with the new quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo they're gonna try to feature Josh Jacobs now he's gonna be on somewhat of a pitch count but anytime they can give him the ball outside the pocket or inside the pocket, then they're just going to con- try to feed him. But it's going to be interesting to see how Justin Simmons, Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, how they look to handle Josh Jacobs this time opposed to years past. And there's going to be uh, a, a 
someone else to stop on the defensive side, and that's Max Crosby. Um, you know, Chandler Jones, we saw. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, let's clarify that. All right, there's no stopping Max Crosby. Slowing him down. There you go. Because, that, uh, yes, yes, you can only hope to contain him. Yeah, yes, no, absolutely. I, yeah, this thing, I heard Ryan and Al talking about that, and, and, and Al was saying, well, what do we pay all this money to Mike McGlinchey for if he can't handle Max Crosby? I'm like, bro, nobody can handle Max Crosby. Nobody. You just hope that he can slow him down a little more than the other guy. Well, here's the way that, in my years, watching great defensive edge rushers get slowed down, running the ball. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you run right at them. I know that may not seem like the perfect strategy for Sean Payton, but sometimes you got to go out there and set the tone. Mm -hmm. You have to make Max Crosby pause for just a second. Is it run? Is it pass? Because we know he's an every-down pass rusher. He has a high motor. He has long arms. So if you run at him and smack him in the mouth a couple of times, then you start running away and you get that backside tackle, that backside tight end, fake like you're going to cut him, it slows him down. So before he gets upfield and you have that tight end either on the ball or off the ball, that is something that's going to be on his mind. So that's why you have to give him something pre-snap where you have to make him think other than being in third and long multiple times giving him an opportunity to just rush up field. I'm always a big fan of running right at great great edge rushers yeah. like that. I, I was always a fan of using that as the as the philosophy to beat them and uh, you know Andy Reid no no stranger to that. It's that's kind of his philosophy in doing that kind of stuff. Not that Detroit has that great a defense. It'll surprise people if their defense shows up this year. It was it was really bad last year. Aaron Glenn uh, still trying to to put that thing together. They're still trying to they went out and got Jack Campbell the the, the middle linebacker in the draft right there at the top. They've, they've tried to make a commitment to to getting more players in there but it still isn't where it needs to be. Well, the, the key to what Detroit wants to do this season starts up front. Aiden Hutchinson, right? Detroit has, in years past, have been trying to build a pass rush that rivals some other teams in the league. And, and once again, there's only one Aaron Donald, but if mm -hmm. you get Aiden Hutchinson, who was spectacular in his rookie year, in his sophomore season to play like he played last year and then take it up another notch, it helps out Aaron Glenn's defense, but we'll get a chance to see what that looks like, not just tonight, but just moving forward. And I'll say this, health is a huge part of any team. I don't mm -hmm. care who you are getting to the playoffs and even talking about the Super Bowl. So if you, a lot of your key players on either side of the ball are not healthy, it makes things really difficult. Travis Kelsey inactive for this game. Speaking of healthy, got that bone bruise. May or may not play in the next one. Wanted to go in this one, but obviously listen to the body. Uh, you know, couldn't go. Does that affect Kansas City in this one uh, big, or do you think that, that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes have a contingency set up? There's always a contingency. All it means is that on those kind of uh, second and long or those third down plays where we would normally see Patrick Mahomes go to his number one receiver, Travis Kelsey, now he's going to have to go to someone else. Mm -hmm. MVS is going to come up big in this game. Now, he doesn't have that much chemistry with the Patrick Mahomes as a Travis Kelsey, but you still have quality players on his team. You got Sky Moore. I mean, he's got to step up in his second year. So you're going to see Andy Reid move the ball around. But here's the best thing for Kansas City is that they knew about this injury a couple of days in advance. Mm -hmm. So it gave them time to kind of adjust what they want to do from a pass or run standpoint in this particular game. And oh, by the way, don't forget, you got two good pass catching backs and Isaiah Pachenko and Jet McKinnon. So when in doubt, Put the ball in their hands, get them on the edge, and that's going to draw the defense to those pass-catching running backs, which is going to open up those passing lanes 
in the middle of the field for Patrick Mahomes. Sleeper tonight, keep your eye on Justin Ross, a wide receiver. Uh, you know, he was injured last year. He's at a Clemson. He's a big leaper and near the goal line, figures to be a weapon for Kansas City with Kelsey out. So keep your eye on Justin Ross. The wide receiver is active for this game, and I do believe that he is going to catch a touchdown here. In fact, I placed an anytime touchdown bet oh, on see, him. See, there, see, that's what it was. So you placed the bet. So you're like, right now, I know that he's going to make a play because I put my money on it, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Ross uh, definitely comes through for you. But there's going to be opportunities for Ross and a lot of those uh, receivers and tight ends to find lanes and soft spots in the Detroit Lions uh, defense because that's still his defense, like you said earlier, that Aaron Glenn is trying to get to play to a different level. Now, that means if you're going to do that, you just can't sit back in zone coverage and think that you're going to be great. At some point, you're going to have to bring, bring pressure. And bringing pressure means that you're going to have to play more man coverage. And that, at times, can't put pressure on your guys in the back end. Can they hold up? I mean, when we look at Patrick Mahomes, is he a Lamar Jackson? No, he's not. But we know he's become really efficient at moving in the pocket just enough to allow the wide receivers to clear. And this is where DBs and DB coaches coach it all the time. You hear that term, plaster, plaster, plaster. Once that quarterback breaks contain, now you have to make sure you stay glued to your receivers because if you don't, now you get a chance for that guy to go into his second and even his third move. Yeah, I, I am really, uh, I, am, I am looking forward to this. It's football's back. It just feels right. It feels right having football back, huh? Well, yeah, it, it, it does, and just think about it. Before we had football, I mean, we were just counting down. We were constantly watching reruns of uh, past games, and we were just kind of getting sick and tired of it. And we were looking at teams, adjusting their rosters, trying to figure out, well, who's going to make the playoffs, who's not, who's going to finish at the bottom of the division. But now we put all that to rest, all that to bed, with game one, week one, Thursday night football, in Kansas City. How about that? Yeah, gotta love it. Hey, Broncos fans are super excited about this weekend. Obviously, the uh, uh, the Raiders, but we also got another game in town. See you, Nebraska. That's uh, coming up Saturday. By the way, it's got Buffs Prime Time, Coach Prime, right here on KOA, exclusively here on KOA. Your home of the uh, the Broncos and the Buffs. I look the Nebraska thing was interesting. I saw a thing, and I don't know if you saw it circulating on Twitter today, but uh, apparently the Rockies on the jumbotron had a screen that said Cornhusker takeover of Coors Field. No. Yeah, and I, I, no. I got I to gotta find that one. Tell, it was, uh, okay, hold on. First of all, listen, I'm a very optimistic person. The season hasn't worked out well for the Rockies. The last thing you want to do is have something like that on your jumbotron, right? Especially this week of all weeks. You know what it would be equivalent to having, okay, well, hey, this is Raiders Fan Appreciation Day. Yeah. Right here at Coors Field. That On the week you play the Raiders. Yes, that's something that you don't want to do. Could, could we or can we look at that as someone made a mistake? Right? So, I mean, a mistake. And May, I'm, it, I mean, maybe, but that feels... <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you, you don't think, Ben, that that was something that was orchestrated on purpose. Tell me you, that's not what you're thinking. Um, I, I mean, I feel like it's not, it is very coincidental that, that you know, you're trying to get uh, Nebraska fans out to Coors, you know, to Coors Field and you're pandering to, to people who might be in town for the game. Listen, I know the season hasn't worked out once again well for the Rockies. And I, I know the Montforts, hey man, they're all about making dollars. 
So was that a last-ditch effort by them to see? There it is. You just showed it. To know that the Huskers fans were going to be in town. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make capitalize off of those dollars. Meanwhile, you're going to upset the people in Boulder. Yeah. Which, one, which one is more important you think they, they thought was more important? Right. Pulling that, in those dollars yeah. of, of upsetting people in Boulder. That, that's what I'm saying. Why, why would you do that? Why do you pander to people who are going to be here for a minute when, you know, you've got the regular dollars that you're going to have to deal with anyway? People are going to remember that. Well, see, they're thinking about, see, once again, I'll break it down into, like, big dollars and small dollars. Uh -huh. So, so they're thinking possibly over at the Rockets, whoever posted that up, they're thinking small dollars. Uh -huh. we got to get all these small dollars in before the season is over. We're thinking about the large dollars later on yeah. you know bus fans to get over it. yeah but we got to get this money now I, I man that's i don't know i there's a lot of people that are pretty angry about that on on the social media right now we'll see if that translates <laughs> to anything but i thought that was interesting coors field on the jumbo trying to talk about a husker takeover it's husker day at coors field right now nobody wants that well they, they've never done dodgers takeover right they've never done yankees takeover so why would you do that? We're doing Raiders takeover at Sports Authority? We're we doing Detroit Red Wings takeover at Bowl I, Arena? I, I, LA no, Lakers takeover? No, no, I mean, listen. It's Joel Embiid Day? Well, first of all, <laughs> that would never happen in Ball Arena. If it's Joel Embiid Day, that would be encouraging every single Nugget fan to come in and just give him the, the business. business. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, but instead what we've got is see. <laughs> I just, I don't understand the marketing behind that. I guess, you know, you're trying to grab a few people that might be there in town. But small dollars, man. <laughs> trying to get those small dollars. Small ball. It's not my uh, not my game. <laughs> this is the Broncos Country Night here on KOA. Benjamin Albright, Nick Ferguson here with you. 56690 is the text line. I'll get to that uh, here in just a little bit. I think the... Uh, uh, we're a little scattershot and all over the place, but I, mean, I think the thing about the, uh, you know, the Raiders game that, that it just concerns me is uh, it's been so long. And do you have that, that mentality of defeat in you? Or are you a franchise that, that has the coaching staff in place that can look beyond that and say, we're going to go out and take this game and we're not going to have this mentality of defeat that we have had the last few years? Well, with the new coaching staff and the fact that Sean Payton come in and, and trying to establish his own culture, I'll say yes. Once again, when you talk to some of those defensive guys in that locker room, they, they know what's on the table. They know that they have not performed up to par the way they should perform against uh, a great running back and Josh Jacobs. So you can bet you know, you, you know what, that Sean Payton has gone over that film. Vance Joseph has gone over that film. They don't want the start of their era to be something like they've experienced in the past. They don't want to experience that. So the idea is that every man needs to do their job. Gap integrity is important. If you're supposed to put an edge on the defense, you got to put an edge on the defense. Do your job. So many times that we see guys, uh, running backs, that is, hit, the, hit, the, hit their head on the goalposts is because, let's just say, all week long, every defensive player knew exactly what gap they were supposed to be in. And we, we see it all the time. If you're supposed to be in the B gap, be in the B gap. I've played in games where I was in that same situation. Mm -hmm. You have a guy who, who's, who's uh, a three technique. He's supposed to be in, in, in that B gap. Guess what he starts to do? Right, the A gap comes open. He's sticking his head in there, mm -hmm. right? So you're thinking, okay, well, he's there, so I'll replace him in the gap. So once you get down to his heels, guess what happens? He jumps back mm -hmm. in his gap, and the running back runs through your gap. So guess what? It is your fault. I've been there multiple times. So what the Broncos need to do against Josh Jacobs is make sure that every single man knows the game plan. 
And I'll tell you like this, Ben, when I play, the first thing, the one thing I care more about than anything else, run fits. Mm -hmm. We can figure out the passing stuff. Right. As long as I know where the run fits is, if I knew where Al was fitting, I knew where Trevor Price was going to fit, I knew exactly where I needed to be. Well, that's and that's the thing. That's why Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel are so successful on the offensive side of the ball. They're trying to trip you up with the run fits. And that, that is, everybody talks about it. It's part of the reason we brought in Kwan Williams. It's part yes. of the reason we brought in K-Jack. Yes. You look at the Vic Fangio scheme, and the, the Vic Fangio scheme doesn't try to, to scheme you to death. It comes out with the same basic look, and the depth is where they get you. Right, that's so they, they got, you got safeties that cheat up to help. They, they show a light box, but the safeties are playing in shallower depth to be able to help that. It puts strain uh, in, in that regard, and then it also tends to rotate once you get your back turned on boot action. It's trying to give that quarterback an extra beat when he's seeing something else when he flips back around. Well, well the other thing too, we see it with a, a lot of uh, teams running similar offenses to what Mike Shanahan ran, and just kind of with a couple of adjustments and wrinkles were with, you know, pre-snap motion. Mm -hmm. Think about what we saw in practice when the Rams came here and faced off against the Broncos. We saw a lot of that, and that caused problems for the Broncos in practice, but in the game, they had it all figured out. So we're going to have to do the same thing against the Raiders. Absolutely. We come back, we're going to get some of your texts, including asking if we've ever been to a Wings game. I don't know about a Wings game, but we got Wings right here at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> right down here in Centennial Cross from Park Meadows Mall. Come join us, myself, Nick Ferguson. You listen to Broncos Country Tonight. Right here on KOA, 850 AM, 941 FM News. Talk sports. Do your job! Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, thanks to Bud Light. This is Broncos Country Tonight. Touchdown, Denver! Presented by Betfred. An official partner of the Denver Broncos. Sign up and see why everyone is betting with Fred, the bonus king. Let's go! On the official home of the Broncos. Go all day! All night. KOA. Welcome back to it, Broncos Country. Tonight, live from Buffalo Wild Wings Centennial, right here across the Park Meadows Mall. Myself, Nick Ferguson, a gigantic plate of lemon pepper wings right there for Nick. Is that the, uh, the go-to wing? Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's cleaner. Because, you got a saucy you get it on your hands. Yeah, man. I mean, who, who wants to be on the live remote kind of constantly licking their fingers and getting fingerprints all over the place. Me. No. Me. I want to be okay. that guy. Okay, well, I, I'm going to allow you to do that. Just don't get barbecue sauce on me. <laughs> well, I don't want barbecue sauce. I'm more of a, a spicier thing. I want them naked with the, with the mango habanero dipping sauce. Do they have mango habanero here? Yeah. Do they? Yes. They have oh. mango habanero here. Okay. All right. Just saying. They get the, you know, are you a spice wimp? Can you handle the can you handle the heat? Well, well, first of all, I mean, just phrasing it in that way, you're calling me a spice, a spice wimp. I mean, you, you're, you're trying to deliberately poke the bear, but you want to poke me with knives, right? <laughs> so I'm not easily, you know, the type of person that kind of gives up, uh, kind of gives in rather in that particular way to say, you know what? Let, let me press the buttons just a little bit just to kind of make Ben happy. No, mm -hmm. I'm not that type of person. I don't like spicy anything. <laughs> so Fair enough. Yes. We, had, uh, we were on the Leland Conway show a couple weeks ago. We did that spicy cheese ball over the million Scoville units. And uh, I, I, I thought I had died. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, it was at that point that I, I made a disgraceful, disgusting mess out of myself with a Wendy's Frosty trying desperately to cool my mouth down. <laughs> Wait uh, a minute. Do you, do you eat those ghost peppers too as well? Those are like, this was like a million Scoville units. This was so far beyond a ghost pepper. Wait, wait, really? No, come on. So dog. far beyond no. a ghost pepper, yeah. I have to find the, uh, I have to find the sheet here. On, See, on the, the reason I don't mess with spicy stuff 
because one, the way it goes in, it typically comes out the same way. That was a problem as well. Yeah, so uh, why put oneself through uh, torture twice just to what appease who? Not me. Listen, yeah. I'm not going to do it. This is the uh, the Carolina Reaper, by the way, which is 1.4 million Scoville units. The uh, the Ghost Pepper is actually 855,000, so about 80% as hot as the Carolina Reaper. So the Ghost Pepper is only 80% of what uh, what that was. Why? I mean, why why put both orifices through the, that kind of punishment? I you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't aware of this. I just showed up and did it. So that was the thing. What do you mean you're not aware of this? I wasn't aware that we were going to do that ahead of time. I just showed up for the show, and we were doing that on the show, so I participated. Well, you know what? Guess what? I'm not going to participate in your uh, mango habanero. Okay. Yes. Because mango, it's, it's significantly less, less uh, or excuse me, fewer, fewer Scoville units. I don't care how you A habanero that. is about 100,000, so about 10% the heat of, of the, uh, the Carolina Reaper. Well, you, you want some heat? Imagine being 12 to 14 yards away from Jerome Betters and you're running cover two and you're only you and him are in the alley. That's heat. No, I'm good on that. I already told you, so, I told you the high school story of Cedric Cobbs. I don't need the bus rolling over me yes, like that. Cindy. He wouldn't even know I was there. You just meet me, just boom, tire tracks all over your chest. And, and Jerome Bettis, like for as big as he was, was a fast guy, too. Yes, he like, was. You know, like early on in his career. Like, there's no way. Jerome Bettis would not have even known I was standing in his way. I would have provided roughly the stopping power of a reasonably placed orange traffic cone. You know what? If you were to pose that question to many fans here in Broncos country, you got two options. Option A, eat the spicy habanero mango wings, or option B, Step in that fire and, and stand right there. I mean, the wings. Yeah. You, Every time. <laughs> I like the wings. I don't like getting truck-sticked, by the way, by one of the baddest dudes to ever do it. Yes, yes. See? I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not for that. I don't, uh, that's, that's not where I'm at. And just think about it. I mean, you don't have to drink any milk after that. But what if I want to? But, okay, well, you, you can. But that, that's that heat, man, that most people don't want, man. You talk about smoke. Man, that's sizzling. Well, they don't have, uh, I'm not sure they have any milk here at Buffalo Wild Wings, but they do have the Bullet Rye Old Fashioned. Uh, so you guys want to come down and get that. They've got uh, $4 Toll House beers, $5 Toll Domestics, and $6 Toll Crafts, including Sam Adams' Oktoberfest. So want to get down here for that. Uh, as we look ahead to this weekend, a lot of, lot of football going on here in Colorado. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about Nebraska and NCU, but I want to get in the weeds on that a little bit here in that I, I'm concerned about the Buffs' ability to stop the run game in Nebraska. Now, Jeff Sims, the quarterback, he can't throw that well. But he can run the ball, and they do have a, a, they do have a strong run game. And that is the weakest area, I think, of CU is, is that undersized lines that they have. The offensive line showed out for me a little bit. Defensive line, they got pushed around in that game against uh, TCU. TCU just abandoned it and went, but went back to throwing the football for quite a bit before finally trying to go back to it in the fourth, and CU actually it's stepped up and shut it down. Well, I'm not as concerned about Nebraska Cornhuskers and Jeff Simmons being that much of a threat because think about it this way. If you are Matt Rule, when your quarterback runs that much, whether it's on his own, design runs, you are exposing him to multiple tackles. So once again, it's a little different in my eyes opposed to facing a guy who has been groomed ever since Pop Warner to run between the tackles. Mm -hmm. 
Jeff Simmons is not running. Sims is not running with that same type of physicality. Right. He's athletic. Right. So what? If you're Coach Prime and Charles Kelly, you're telling your guys, "Hey, listen, we need to make make sure that we have gap integrity. That more importantly, that we make sure that we we tackle and we got to force Sims if he's going to run the ball through the interior of the defense. So that way we can get multiple shots on him." That's what you want to do. Do you spy Sims in that game knowing that they can't throw that well? No. Why? Why? See, for me, I don't think you start to spy him until he starts to hurt you on the ground with his legs. Mm. That's the only time you start to do that. Now, you have to ask yourself, well, if that's the case, who's going to do that? Are you going to put Trevor Woods on him or are you going to put Shiloh Sanders to be your spy? To me, this is where if you wanted to, you can put an extra DB in the game, take it a linebacker out of the game because now you have a speed guy if you so chose to go to a position where you wanted to spy him. That would, that would be the only thing or the only adjustment that Charles Kelly would have to go to. But to me, you don't change until he forces you to change. 19 carries, 91 yards, along with 26 in the last week's loss for, uh, for Nebraska for Sims. Um, I, yeah, I would not do it with Sanders. I would do it with, uh, with Woods. He's a 6'4", 220 guy. I mean, the last thing you want to do is, is spy him, I think, with an undersized corner. Well, okay. If you were doing Okay, that. but here's the thing. I mean, you get a bigger-sized guy in Trevor Woods, but you don't get that same speed. Yeah. That's the only thing you sacrifice. Right. So, and, and Trevor Wood proved last week against TCU he can play the middle of the field. He can. I, you know, I, I, and, and he did. He played it very, very well. I uh, just looking at, uh, uh, you know, the, the tape on that. I feel like he's, he's he's a bigger guy who can match up better. And, and you know, if you, if you got to square up in the open field, I'm not sure I want Sanders. If I if it's a coverage rep, I want Sanders. But I'm not sure I want I want him squaring up against 6'4", 220 in the open field. Hey, I mean that's what football is. At some point. You're going to have to man up and make those tackles. We saw Shallow, you know, didn't make those tackles last week against TCU. I'm sure he's going to get coached up on that. He's going to have to make sure that, well, the whole team, that they are great tacklers as a unit, not just individuals. Well, we got to get coached up on this traffic situation. Let's go out to the KOA Traffic Center and talk to Darren Copeland. Hey, Broncos country, sign up for the KOA Broncos Radio Network newsletter, koa.com forward slash Broncos fan. You'll enjoy game previews, interviews, staff predictions, and the game day broadcast schedule. You sign up today at koacolorado.com forward slash Broncos fan. And while you're there, KOA's Pro Pick'em Challenge back this football season. It's presented by Circle K. Sign up, make your weekly picks at koacolorado.com. The weekly winner gets $200 Circle K gift card. Each week, and the grand prize winner receives a $1,000 Circle K gift card in the season. Grab everything you need for the game, including full-strength beer at Circle K. Nick is still chowing down on that plate of wings over there, whittling it down. Still some meat on that bone over there. Hey, man, get your eyes off my <laughs> bone, man. <laughs> I'm uh, eyeballing them now. I might need me a plate of lemon pepper. I'm, uh, I'm getting a little hungry. I'm a growing boy over here, mostly in the midsection, but I'm, I'm still growing. Hey, when a dude come back by... Make sure you grab him and tell him hook you up with some of these lemon peppers. They uh, they worth it. All well, right. Well, well, for me they are, but uh, you know you like your stuff spicy. I, I like a little more heat to it. I'm just saying that's that's normally that's my thing. That's that's you know that that's the direction I go. But I could uh, if the lemon peppers there, they look delicious from here. So I'm just saying. Well, the one thing about the lemon pepper is that uh, as soon as they come out out of the fire, you just throw some lemon pepper sauce and you're good. See what what you want? They got to put them in a bowl. They got to shake them up. That's too much stuff, man. 
I want them, as soon as they come out, bring them to the table and let me get you to You don't want it. the effort? You don't want the preparation? What do you mean effort? I mean, listen, how quickly can you get it from the, from the grill to the table? That's what it's about. Okay. All right. The Nick Ferguson Guide to Making Wings. Yes. <laughs> now we know. I'm on Rob St. Brown was the first touchdown scorer of the season for the Detroit Lions. Uh, if you had that bet or that wager going, I think that one uh, certainly paid off for you. Um, what is it about getting out to that early lead in a football game, and what, what does that psyche do for a defense, knowing your offense has gotten out there and gotten your points right away? Well, especially in the situation that the Lions find themselves selves in. I mean, you're on the road. I mean, you, you, you heard about the hype that is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You saw what they've done over the past couple of years in the NFL. So to be able to take a, a drive down the field, it wasn't the opener drive, but you took a drive down the field, and it was effortless as far as what you were able to do. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, he called a great drive, and you look at Jared Goff, he did an excellent job of executing. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what you're looking for, play calling, players making plays, your quarterback making great decisions. So. Once again, it bodes well for your defense to say, okay, we know that if we need to score at any time, we can match that with Kansas City. And, and once again, I'll go back to what the Broncos were able to do in both games, mm -hmm. while at home and on the road against Kansas City. And that's why when we, when we start to give these a preseason prediction, I give the Broncos, you know, 10 wins with opportunity to win more, and I give them an opportunity to split with Kansas City because they showed that they can play well. And listen, they did that without Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. So imagine what they could accomplish with Sean Payton in the fold. Absolutely. That's, uh, and, I, and I, I think the Broncos, I mean, we're not giving our predictions out right now, but I do think the Broncos have a better than average chance this weekend. Uh, being at home, starting the season, Sean Payton, all that preparation, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. I mean, in the battle of Sean Payton versus Josh McDaniels, you, you're, you're picking Sean Payton, right? Of course. I mean, that's like asking me, do I want lemon pepper or habanero wings? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, the, the answer is right there st staring you in the face because you say, okay, well, Josh McDaniels, has he proven that he can be a multiple, a double-digit win coach? Right. And the answer to that question is no. We know Sean Payton has done that with the exception of his, I believe, his first year with the New Orleans Saints. After that, double-digit victories. I mean, and also you just think about the chaos, which is Josh McDaniels, which many Broncos fans are quite familiar with him and what he did to this team in his time here. So, of course, of course you're going to say Sean Payton is going to be the guy that you're going to choose over Josh McDaniels every single time. Josh McDaniels quit on more teams than he has winning seasons. Very, 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 very true. And once again, that's where it comes down to. Like on, on Sunday when the Broncos face off against the Las Vegas Raiders, it's going to come down to execution. And I know we always focus on the execution of the players on the field, but it's going to be the execution of the coaches, being able to get your players in and out of the right situation. One of the things that we saw last year and the scene we saw in the first game in Seattle, but it continued to show rear its ugly head throughout the season, not being able to get the play in quick enough to allow Russell Wilson and the offense to actually function. That was a problem. Well, and Russ has always been a guy that took his time up there at the line. He's always been a guy that got deep in the play clock before he snapped the ball. And so if you're not getting the play clock in, you play in on time and getting him up there expeditiously, uh, that, that creates a problem for him. If he's still futzing around at the line, uh, you know, and, 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 and 
not getting the not in the playoff. I mean, it's naturally going to lead to that because he is that guy who takes a little longer there at the at the uh, at the line of scrimmage. Well, I mean, I, I think you know Russell has his thing that he does, but a lot of quarterbacks, when you really think about it, Ben, you want to get the play called in. You want to be able to sit there for a second, look at the safeties, see who's creeping down, where the blitz may come from, identify your one-on-one matchup. But if the play calling is coming in late, all those procedural things that you're accustomed to doing, now you feel rushed. Right. And then you factor in the, the, uh, the fact that your pass rushers are not on the same page and they're allowing guys to hit the creases. Now that quarterback clock is sped up even more. So what type of decisions are you really making? You're not confident in your look. You're not no. confident in your read. causes you to hesitate. You take more sacks that way. Uh, yeah, I was always a guy that wanted to get up there with, you know, I want to get to the line of scrimmage with 15 seconds. You know, it, it gave me a good five to sit there and kind of survey everything, make sure we're, you know, we're, we're good. Uh, catch to see if I can, you know, I, maybe sneak a, a hard count in there or something every once in a while, see somebody can cheat down, I get a good look at that. But uh, Russ is a guy who's, who's, in his career, has always gotten to the, the line of scrimmage late. Well, just think about that. If, if you have all these mental boxes that you check in your head as a quarterback, you get to the line and you realize you only have five seconds. If, if the defense gave you something, let's just say you had a run call, that you saw a one-on-one matchup, you want to check to a pass, guess what? You can't. So we've heard people say ad nauseum about Russ, well, he's not going through his progressions. Well, if you put in that situation, how can you get to your third progression? I just gave you a lot of things that a quarterback has to think about, and we still had to factor in the play clock and when the call comes in. I mean, playing quarterback in the NFL is tough. You don't want to make it tougher when you can't get the call in on time. Well, that's exactly it. Everything about how NFL structure, NFL offenses are structured, well, everything about how college offenses are structured is designed to make it easier on the quarterback. Make it as easy as possible. Yes. Make it as simple as possible, right? You got the go cards uh, with the four play. You know, it's designed to check with me's now, all this kind of stuff to make it easy as possible. The NFL still hadn't caught up to that. Not everything is trying to make it as easy as possible on the quarterback. Sometimes it's about here's the system, here's what we need you to execute, go out there and do it. And there are some guys that are capable of doing that, and there are some guys that need it made easy for them. And that doesn't mean that you uh, you can't be good if you need it made easy for you. Jared Goff, for instance, is one of those quarterbacks. Remember Sean, when yep. Sean McVay took over? That's yep. the first thing they did. They got him up to the line. He'd be in his ear with the, with the mic still going. So, I mean, whether it's offense or defense, it's not saying when you make the offense or defense easy for your players to understand, it's not saying that they don't have the football IQ to understand and they're not smart enough. That it, the game is tough enough by itself. Your idea is, how can we get these guys out there? Think less, play more. Mm-hmm. If, even if you have to dumb it down to one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, <laughs> whatever it is that makes it easy for you, just do that. Like For me, Ben, when I went to a, a, a different team with a different defensive scheme, I try to relate it back to a defense that I play. Cover two is cover two everywhere. Right. But you may call it something different. The, dust, the adjustment may be different. So I go back to, okay, well, here's what we called it back then. Mm-hmm. All we did is we, cha- we changed the cold word to Heinz Ketchup. Yeah. Right? Right. So, I, so when I hear the defense, all I think is Heinz Ketchup. I know what I'm doing. Right. Just make it easy for yourself. And that's the thing. you gotta, you got to try to simplify. So that's something that Sean Payton has just apparently tried to work on this, uh, this offseason. We're going to get to see it on Sunday. When we come back, we're going to get a chance to talk to Vinny Bonsignore, Las Vegas General Review, good friend of mine. Get a chance to preview these Raiders. Maybe talk a little bit about this uh, bizarre Chandler Jones situation. How in shape Josh Jacobs is. This is the Broncos Country Night here on KOA. It's 8 at the AM 94.1 FM. News. Talk.
Sports.